VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 628, recorded on October 14th, 2021. the 628th edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 461st episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Derrick. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry and this week, a gaming flashback. So, um, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. I'll start first. I played Far Cry 6 and then I stopped playing it after two hours because I was bored out of my skull and it is... Every single Ubisoft game, except even more boring, because um, I've already played Far Cry 1 and Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4. I don't need to play Far Cry 1 Part 5 or anything like It's just dull as dishwater. Looks pretty, but uh, it takes more than a pretty face to turn my head these days. I uh, watched a little bit of a Let's Play of a... And uh, it does. It is, it is, the graphics are great. The the ocean looks nice. Um, there was one part where I, it, it was Jack Septicaios watching, and he got very excited when there was a, a crocodile companion that he could get, and it would start attacking people. And that was mildly mildly entertaining. Uh, first person shooter games aren't my cup of tea, but um, I'm sure somebody who likes shooting games will enjoy this because it kind of looks like. GTA just level of destruction and doing whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, but uh, we've had yeah. animal companions in Far Cry Five and and in Far right. Cry uh, uh, what was that caveman game Far Cry Primal? Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. And it here's the I'm thing: sure the game is bloated and has a little too bit too much of everything to do. Well, here's the thing: you don't level up your character at all this time. You just ha- you gain a lot more uh, crafting items. And there's some weird stuff like um, now people have traits. And apparently if someone is – if someone doesn't have a helmet on but requires you to have um, uh, 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 flesh uh, rounds to heal- kill them, apparently any – apparently the um, uh, the – uh, the armor, the uh, what do they call AP rounds? Um, armor piercing rounds. If you shoot them in the head with armor piercing rounds, it won't kill them. It will barely even damage them if they're not wearing a helmet. Just it's strange. Weird. So then you start carrying around two sniper rifles. <laughs> it is a profoundly dull game, and no amount of Giancarlo Esposito can save it. And, well, and it also does that thing where you like, you get ten minutes of him, and then he disappears for about like most of the like three fourths of the game up until the last act. People, Far Cry has had that problem since Far Cry Three when that interesting crazy guy gets killed off in the first fifteen minutes or something. You know, uh, the interesting character just was killed. At least that one had a character arc. In which your character went from being some college student and becoming a drug addicted, crazed jungle man 
And the rest of the game, it's like, you never change. And it's like, what's the point? Yeah. It sounds like uh, pretty much more... It sounds like the most Ubisoft game, where it's very, very, very pretty, and uh, and then just has overbloat of everything that has nothing to do with the actual story. It is very Ubisoft. It is so Ubisoft, it's not even funny. It managed to out-Ubisoft the last game. And here's the thing... Um, I enjoyed Watch Dogs Legion a lot because there I was creating my own story and there the characters were interesting, you know, and you're doing interesting things. Here you're not doing anything interesting at all. And I've seen open world games, you know, with uh, with things on the uh, on the map, you know, the uh, the symbols on the map thing done much better with Middle Earth uh, Shadow of uh, Shadow of War and Shadow of Mortar, you know. At least in that, you had the open world, but it was interesting. It was um, it was uh, uh, densely populated and uh, mostly and mostly uh, melee because um, you, you could you could fire arrows, but it wasn't like you were shooting bazookas at people and just killing them from afar with a sniper rifle. And you had the nemesis and you had the nemesis mechanic, which makes it more personal. And you have Batman Arkham Asylum combat, you know. Middle Earth knew where to go with with the open world. It, it's never boring, but Ubisoft has found a way to make it boring. And I, if they ever come out with a Rayman game, you can bet your bottom dollar it'll be an open world Rayman game, which nobody wants. Mm. And now that I said it, they're gonna have a Rayman open world game. Watch, because there's nothing else they can do with their IPs anymore. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's way there. There's probably something they can do, but uh, but Ubisoft doesn't seem to know how to do it. They're stuck in their ways of like, of like, just put more stuff in the game and make it look pretty, and then it'll work out. Which, but you know why? So, because it, their games make money, and it's just about for getting more of the same. And people may complain, like I'm complaining, but people will just keep on buying it. In my case, uh, fortunately, I didn't have to buy it. It was a press copy. And, uh, you know, I didn't have – it's like NBA 2K22. I'm never going to buy it. I refuse to buy it because I don't want to uh, – you know, I'll play it if I get it for free, but I'm not buying it. Anyways, what have you been playing, Scott? I've been playing Metroid Dread. And ah, I've got – wait, before you go on, have you been playing Metroid Dread, TJ? Okay, so you both can can discuss it together while I just lean back and hear you compliment it to death. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very pretty, <laughs> but it's also very a lot of fun. Um, it does take a lot of the things from uh, Samus Returns, so you have the laser scope and you have the sliding under, uh, you know, spaces, and you get all your stuff stolen at the beginning of the game which reminded me a little bit of uh, Symphony of the Night. And then you are confronted with these uh, Emmys, or E-M-M-I's, and they are robots that that are scouting, stalking environmental robots that uh, have gotten taken over by, I think, Parasite X. And so they try to hunt you down in these specific zones, and then you have Wait a to minute, Paradise this, X? Uh, is this is this is this Samus meets Resident Evil? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're supposed to be filled with dread. I mean, Adam, your little AI, is like constantly telling you, 
to to embrace your helplessness. Uh, and by the way, is this the same robot jerk from Metroid M? Because I really hate this this robot. I, I want this AI. I want it to go away and shut up. It keeps telling me to. I don't. I don't know. It just it just feels obnoxious. You know, I'm pretty sure Adam appeared in Metroid Fusion whenever you'd hit a save point. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're in. The, and he appears at specific save point network areas, and he'll talk to you and sometimes give you tips, and sometimes just tell you. You're you're really you're really screwed. You need to come back to the surface. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I want to hunt down these emis and get rid of them. You know, don't tell me what to do. So <laughs> I've gotten up to uh, Craig, and uh, it, he's a tough boss. And it was nice to see his return. And he's all locked up. Some something locked him up. I guess the Chozo did it. I'm not sure, but uh, it's it's a really fun game. Yeah, uh, I'm a lifelong fan of Metroid. I've been playing that series since the very first one. Mm -hmm, Same here. And, man, they... You can say what you want about, like, Nintendo's inability to keep up with technology, but dang-a-ring, like, no, I don't think anyone does polish like they do. Oh, yeah. When I started up the game, like, that opening... The, the the title screen presentation and then the last time on segment of uh, of Metroid like straight up following straight up following like the, the the Super Metroid style of what happened last um I, it's it's it 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 is such a it hit me with such a feeling of nostalgia that I actually mm-hmm. like teared up a little bit um I love this series and like Man, they nailed the, they they nailed the feeling just right. Like they Definitely. are they are one half of the originators of the Metroidvania formula, mm-hmm. and damn if they don't know how to do it. Um, and of course, like this was developed by Mercury Steam, who also did uh, the the two point five D Castlevania game on uh, on three DS. Um, they also did Metroid: Samus Returns. Um, and they know their shit. They know how to do this. And the, the, the movement, the jumping, the shooting, everything feels loose. And yet at the same time, like it feels stylishly well done. Uh, Yeah. I like the, uh, intro, you know, so we have newcomers are coming to it. it. It gives them a nice little, speed up to what's going on so they understand what the is going on in the game so that was that was good and i like the map too because it has this kind of uh old style tv screen feel when i'm going into it and i'm I'm on my flat screen tv but it feels like i'm on a crt when i'm looking at the map it just kind of has this little flicker and it's a neat little effect yeah, and we should talk about like a major factor of of the Emmys, which haunt this game. They're not bosses. They're they're just like they're sentries that take up certain parts of the map. Right. And like you have to, they're kind of bosses in the way that you have to kind of defeat them to move forward well, and gain new abilities. Yeah. But man, they they really like. St- the boss, the actual boss. There are actual bosses in this game that are pretty good too. But the Emmys, 
they really stand out as a mechanic. I've heard a lot of people compare them to the alien and alien light and alien isolation. And it's kind of dead on because when, because basically it will stick around a certain area and, and it has a sonar tracking thing where if you're in the area, it will move towards the last area where it ticked you. And if it's in it, and then it has a, like a vision scope, a vision cone where if it sees you, it will close all doors to the section and chase you, and you have to get it out of its sight and, and uh, remain out of its sight long enough for it to go back into a searching mode. And when it and if it catches you, it's instant death. And there's a very brief window in which you can counter it and escape for a little bit. And it's very hard to pull that off. And so, like, the feel of, like, you need to run from this thing. You have no choice, but you cannot fight this thing. You have to run from it. You have to avoid it by any means necessary. It really does instill a sense of dread. Like, that thing is terrible. It's, like, top-level enemy material in this game. Yeah, and they're, like, you get the Omega energy from these mother brain looking creatures that are in armor and you have to shoot them down. The first one you find is like already dead. And then the next one you, it has some weapons and then the that's, next one has more. So it increases difficulty as you That's really find. tough too. Cause you have to like blow up a, a play. You have to, you have, it has like, you have to let it see you and then you have to kill it before it gets to you. Yeah. <laughs> And that's part kind of terrifying too, is that you actually have to face it, and if you you're and if you're not fast enough to kill it, it will kill you. Yeah, because there's one of them that runs really fast. Apparently, has a a, a dash power, because the other ones move a little bit slow. Where this one just like boom. So even when you're shooting it, you have to. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. You have to have like the freeze ray or something, uh, which I haven't gotten yet. But it's like. It's really neat because I see these obstacles and I know exactly what weapon I need to go get to break through that door, even if it's all question marks, because I'm an experienced Metroid player, just like you, TJ. And so a lot of these ability, a lot of these doors from, you know, it's immediately, oh, I need the freeze right here. Oh, I need the wave beam or I need the wide beam or the, the missiles for this door. And, you know, it's just very intuitive, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, like this is easily going to go down as as high up on my game of the year list. It's it was a it was not only a return to form for Metroid, but like it's a fantastic ribbon on the franchise. It's it brings a lot of backstory together in one place for people that have stuck with it for throughout the games. Like it it is it offers a really refined version of what the game has been best at for years. But is it better than Psychonauts 2? <laughs> um, to a degree, I would say yes. Really? I feel like the payoff in Metroid Dread is uh, for to bring all this story... Because it's kind of a similar thing, right? Where Psychonauts 2 was in limbo for a long time, and nobody knew if it was actually going to come out and, until... Uh, until Microsoft finally bought it and was like, all right, here's all the money you need to do this. But even then, it took a while. Um, which, which is funny because um, Psychonauts 2 is yet another Kickstarter pro- – not Kickstarter, actually, a fig pro- – but it was crowdfunded. And 
once again, Double Fine doesn't know how to manage its money, apparently. Mm-hmm. And with Metroid Dread, it was just kind of a thing where, like, the the franchise is not one of Nintendo's most beloved properties. As much as I love the franchise, as much as a lot of people love the franchise, as much as there's plenty of people out there that will say that Super Metroid is one of the best games of all time, there's not a lot of people. There's there aren't as many people that care about uh, Samus or Metroid as uh, you don't think it's at least number three behind Mario and Zelda. No, I would say that. Number three between behind Mario and Zelda. Would That's probably be for me. Top three would be Mario, Zelda, then Metroid, and then maybe Animal Crossing. Maybe I don't know. Kirby, like Kirby is up there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You forgetting Smash Brothers already? No, I mean I don't count Smash <laughs> Brothers. Smash Brothers is kind of like a. It's kind of like a party game. I would I wouldn't consider that a its own franchise as much as it is an amalgam of all the franchises. What about Star Fox? Star Fox is good, but I don't think it's as good as well. Actually, that's tough. I love Star Fox. Because here's the thing: love- Star Fox has been fucked over. Kid Icarus has been fucked over. Metroid has not been fucked over. It's just had some really bad developers behind it that's at, at some true. point. You know. Um. Fire Emblem is. A I was about to say Fire Emblem. Emblem. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is that Excite is a bigger fra- uh, pra- franchise in Japan than it is here, even though one of the one of the games that every NES owner had was Excite Bike. Uh, Splatoon is one of those games is is a franchise that's fast gained like everybody. Oh, yeah, but Splatoon is a newcomer, so. Um, but yeah, I would say that the big three are Mario, Zelda, and Kirby. To me, it was, I don't know, Mario, Zelda, and, you know, Star Fox to me. I like and Star I Fox, but they haven't come out with like a... Yeah, but that's the problem, though, isn't Star it? But we're talking about, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the series that got fucked over. I mean, there's a lot of people. Paul, in particular, is a huge Kid Icarus fan. There have been like three Metroid games since the last Star Fox game, though. Yeah, that's yeah, my that's point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But they, so, they, Metroid but, has been on every single console, sometimes multiple games on each console. But whose fault is that? I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot more uh, nostalgia for Star Fox than there is for, uh, uh, for, for Metroid. And, you know, here's yeah. the thing. Even though it's not a first-party title, actually, now that I think about it, it should be a Mario, Zelda, Mega Man. Mega Man's Capcom. I know, but still, I'm trying, we're talking about Nintendo properties, not first-party properties. Well, in that case, I would say it would be Nintendo. If, if we're going that route, then I would say it's Mario, Zelda, Pokemon. That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pokemon's way too big. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Wait a minute, but here's the thing. It actually, Pokemon is a Nintendo second uh, uh, party because Game Freak. While Game Freak uh, makes the games, Nintendo owns the license. Do they own the license? Yeah, because... it's Game Freak. Game Freak is the developer, and Mario. I think Nintendo co-owns the license with them, which is why it's only going to be on Nintendo. But that's not entirely true, because now we have things like Pokemon Go and Pokemon Unite. Let me ask you a question. When people are sending off those um, Pokemon de- uh, cease and desist uh, orders, who's sending them out, Game Freak or Nintendo? But again, like, okay, so like Pokemon Unite, right? Uh, the MOBA that they came out with? 
Nintendo is nowhere to be found in that game, and I know because I play it. See, here's the thing. Um, the uh, brand management company for it is the Pokemon Company, which is which is established by Nintendo and Game Freak. Hmm. I'd have to look that up because no, <laughs> look up the Pokemon Company. You'll see. It's it was developed by it was it was created by Nintendo and Game Freak for all things Pokemon. Is it a subsidiary or is it a just on its own type thing? It's a Japanese company responsible for brand management, production, marketing, and licensing of the Pokemon franchise, which was three businesses hold the copyright of Pokemon, Nintendo, Game Freak, and Creatures. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. So, yeah, it is a it is a it is, uh, Pokemon is a Nintendo property. So you'd have it would have to be without even question uh, Zelda, Mario, and 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 Pokemon and I you know here's the thing about that I don't know where where those three if you were to just look at those three which one would be in the top would be the top because it changes all the time you know Mario was first but it doesn't but it doesn't make nearly as much money as Pokemon does that's because Pokemon can be used in all sorts of different things like I mentioned Mario can't I mean, there's no Mario Kart game. There's no Mario MOBA. There's no Mario Collectum mo- mobile game. But are you saying that there couldn't be if they wanted say- to? Yes. Nintendo Nintendo doesn't seem to want to do the DLC as much as other companies do. Like they're really against it with Animal Crossing to the point where you know it's it's against oh, they the law to. They want you to buy the same stuff. shit over again. They're the same shit over again. That's why there's always two Pokemon games. There's a, every release every year because they want to force you into buying two Pokemon games so you can quote unquote catch them all. Yeah, but that that's what I'm saying though is that I think Pokemon is built to be that kind of cash cow where like the whole. Well, here's a question for you: What came first? Did the Pokemon game uh, card game come first? Or did the uh, or the did the Game Boy ga- uh, game come first? Game Boy game came first. That was the very first product, Pokemon Red and Blue. Huh. Um, Pokemon card game came, I think, or around the same time as Pokemon Yellow. Actually, you know what? I think it was around the same time as the TV show. Let me see. Um, the first Pokemon game was in 1996 with the green, green and uh, red and green. And let's see, when did the card games come out? Trading card games. Uh, the trading card game came out in 1996. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: it was oh no no they uh, it wasn't discontinued. It was just moved to a different company. And the anime series came out in 1997. <laughs> so mm. I think that um, the video game came out in the summer and the card game came out in the fall. So, um, but that leads me to believe they were in development together to maximize Probably. that shit. Yeah. First, let them play the video game, and then, oh, there's a card game out just when they're starting to get hooked on Pokemon. Uh, the, the, the main thing is that Pokemon is the biggest Nintendo franchise when it comes to money. Right. Um, and now I have to think, which is bigger when it comes to money, Zelda or Mario? Probably Zelda. There's more well, Mario games, but the problem here's the problem. Games, yeah. the pro- there are more Mario games, but really, does anybody consider, say, Doctor Mario a real Mario game, or Mario teaches typing? 
Well, Remember that? Mario was like a Tetris game. I'm just saying, Mario teaches typing. Is that a Mario game, really? <laughs> I mean, he um, in that case, he and Mavis Beacon are both on the same level. <laughs> but anyways, so, but I'm not even, right now, I'm not going to think about the mo- amount of money that it makes. Let's just talk about, um, and this is, by the way, a new subject we're going to talk about. Let's talk about cultural impact, which is the biggest, Mario, Pokemon, or Zelda? Probably Mario. Still Pokemon. Yeah, I think it's Pokemon. Although I will say, um, uh, however, people associate Mario with video well, games. I mean, who, who, who has a uh, theme park? Mario. Mario has a theme Pokemon park. Pokemon has a theme park, too, now, too. So, yeah. <laughs> in Japan, they're going to build one in Orlando next. But, but I'm just saying, um, when you think about Mario, when you say Mario, people think about video games, period. Not Nintendo, not a, no, video games. Although if you say Zelda, I don't know, do people think of Zelda Rubenstein? Play Tangina Ooh. in, tell the, Zelda Rubenstein played Tangina in Poltergeist. Oh. The little, <laughs> the little psychic. <laughs> yeah, this I house is clean. And... <laughs> Fun fact, uh, this is a recent example. Mm. Uh, in terms of lifetime sales, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sold, has sold 23 million, which is ahead of Pokemon Sword and Shield, which did, tw- which has done a little under 22 million, which is ahead of Pokemon, o- or Super Mario Odyssey, which is 21.4 million. Wow. That's so, ahead. Y- your math is bad. 24 is bigger than 23. Uh, no, that's what I was saying, is that Legend of Zelda is the highest selling out of the three. Pokemon Sword and Shield is the next highest selling, and then Super Mario Odyssey is behind that. Here's the thing, Bye. though, about uh, Pokemon. I think there's a little bit of a brand fatigue there because there's so many controversies surrounding uh, Pokemon right now. It is we like, have, like, don't we have at least like three or four Zelda games on the Switch? You got Breath of Fire, uh, Hyrule Cadence thing, the Hyrule Warriors... And uh, the Link's Awakening, that's four. And then you got Mario Odyssey and then one Metroid game. It's like maybe it is Zelda. That doesn't uh, – That doesn't. you, you also forgot uh, Hyrule Warriors. I said Hyrule Warriors. Yes, you did. Oh, but here's wait, the thing. Okay. If I, if I was to talk about the Zelda version of the ne- uh, Dance of the uh, – Curse of the Neck or Dancer, do you think anybody who knows nothing about video games would know what the fuck you're talking about? Seriously? They know what Pokemon is. They know what Mario is. If you say Zelda, they might know who Zelda is. If you say Link, they have no idea who the fuck you're talking about. Or they might think they might think you're talking about the Mod Squad. <laughs> I think if you spent any amount of time near a Nintendo system in the last thirty years, then you. But I'm talking about who someone Zelda who doesn't. Is. No, no, no. I'm talking about people who don't know what the fuck anything about a console, anything. They know who Mario is. They know who Pokemon is. They know who Pikachu is. They don't know who the fuck Zelda or Link is. Pokemon, I know that guy. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen a lot of Zelda memes on Facebook, so I think maybe they do. They, no, they, no, no, they, no. no. I, Facebook, come on. It's like saying, oh, I know, I know who minions are. You don't think that whenever anyone hears "Excuse me, princess," they don't think of uh, that show. That I think they think from the if they think of Steve Martin. That's what they think of. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that's the question of the day, folks. Which is the biggest uh, Nintendo franchise that's owned by Nintendo? 
Zelda, uh, Mario, or Pokemon? Or, <laughs> you can support F Zero. Nobody cares about F Zero. Actually, that's not entirely true. I know that there's a lot of people who are just itching for a new F Zero game. Oh yeah, I know. I, I worked for one of them, but uh, <laughs> they are there are dozens of them. Well, it's you know the problem is it's not Ridge Racer. It's also not Mario Kart, which, uh, <laughs> which is the highest selling Nintendo Switch game of all time by leaps and bounds. It's really out of seven million copies to date. I would have thought it had been Super Smash Brothers nope. or Ultimate, whatever the new in- incarnation of that Super thing Smash is. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is at 24, okay. 24 million. And uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at 37 million, have they, 13 million ahead of it. Have they released a, uh, a Super Mario Party game yet? They have. The Switch? Well, they okay. have. Yeah. It's, uh, it's back there behind Super Mario Odyssey at 15 million. They they in did, fact did, released didn't and they they uh in fact released levels from GameCube so there's another there's two Mario parties already. <laughs> the new one is about to come out. The, yeah, okay, the one yeah, that, it hasn't the one that you're yet. talking They're, about. It's yeah. uh it's just about to come out. I think this next month. Okay then, but it, it, there's going to be two, so it's like crazy. Yeah, now that I think I'm about it, for it, Ori is the most Nintendo game that was ever made by not Nintendo. Yeah, somebody was. That was a thing. Like, Metroid Dread is really hard, and there's no difficulty. Uh, there's no difficulty levels. You just have to play it as it is. Oh yeah, baby, good. let's do that. Let's do the nine uh, the nineteen nineties. Yeah, we want your quarters, baby. Uh, yeah. Mega Man is hard. Well, get yourself a tissue, cry baby, and just suck it up. This is how yeah, it is. There's, oh, yeah, there's <laughs> a parry feature in the game, and. Uh, where you have to look at the timing of certain mobs, where they do this flash of light and you hit an X to to block them, so it's not just the EMIs, it's the other monsters as well, and you can stun them and then hit them for good amount of damage. Yeah, uh, but still, like that's that one of the that's one of the few complaints I've heard about the game is like people coming into this are like, this game is freaking hard and there's no way to turn it down. People say, um, "Welcome to my world." Uh-huh. Now, on the other hand, if you die, you like literally start a few feet back from where you die. Yeah, you, you, they have an autosave feature in there for when you go into those uh, EMI zones. Uh, you save everywhere. There's save points all over the place. I, pre- I think it pretty much auto saves any time you use a door th- to or from a section. Yeah, it sounds like Resident Evil it's, all of a sudden. It's very forgiving, but and- it is still like. It, you you gotta get your reflexes down because it will yeah, murder you. you do. There's there's yeah there's no uh, it's not even like high HP it's just reflexes. Get your reflexes down and you'll be fine. You know you gotta be just you gotta be like that hunter. You're just space marine. You can't get you can't get soft. You can't get lax. You gotta gotta you know. You, gotta you think Samus Aran became the best bounty hunter in the universe by being soft and eating Twinkies? No. Exactly. You know. <laughs> She's a bounty hunter. She's yeah. a badass bitch and the best bounty hunter in the whole galaxy. And mm-hmm. she did that by learning to to hit that parry button at the right time. Until she so, hit until she hit other M, and then she became a crying whiny baby. We don't talk about that game. That's the <laughs> one that, that 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 one doesn't exist. Oh god, yeah, uh, Ninja Team Ninja and 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 their obsession with asses and bouncing boobs. Oh no, no, actually, mostly are ass they show off in that game and. 
she never wears her armor. Every time she wears her armor, it's like it just flies off or like, no, no armor in, in a Team Ninja game. We must see I, your body. I, that's still a <laughs> thing. If you die, her armor explodes off of her body before it flashes toy. I'm, then, I'm still I'm still perturbed over what Team Ninja has done to the Final Fantasy game. Where it's just it's just this is not Final Fantasy. Kill and chaos. Yeah, I can call Kill Chaos with the most edge lordy edge lord ever. You never played any Dead or Alive games, have you? Especially Dead no, or Alive, or Dead or Alive Volleyball. That see, oh. Dead or Alive Volleyball. I forgot what it's fully called. Uh, Dead or Alive Volleyball is Team Ninja at its Team Ninjiest. And then, and then the freaking uh, First Soldier, <laughs> which looks like it's going to be just action, completely action. I, I just I. It's just like this is not Final Fantasy. This is you just call it whatever you want. This is not this is not my Final Fantasy. You know? But here's the thing, you know, a lot of people thought it was Tom, Tomonobu Itagaki because he looks like the Japanese Tommy Wiseau. He's really creepy. He has the that hair and those sunglasses. But we find out, guess what? <laughs> Itagaki was only the 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 uh, tip of the iceberg. You could take away Itagaki, and they're still going to be horny bastards in that development company. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, I, Team Ninja is capable of doing, they, well, let, let's, let's not work. Let's put it but, this way. They know three things. One, they know how to do an action game. Ask anybody about Ninja Gaiden, they'll say that, that, that's the peak of action hack, action adventure hack and slash, right? They know how to do graphics, and especially, they know how to do graphics on hardware, that shouldn't be able to do that kind of graphics. You know what I mean? It's like, on the original Xbox, Ninja Gaiden had no business looking that good. And they also know how to do jiggle physics. And they like to use yeah. jiggle fix- physics a lot. <laughs> they sure do. They sure as hell do. And for just $300, you can have uh, the deluxe version of, of, uh, of Dead or Alive Extreme with all of the jerk-off material. Ugh. You know, I'm wondering, there isn't much jerk-off material in Neo, is there? No. That game is actually pretty tame. Yeah. So. Mostly just cutting cutting demons and people in half with swords. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing that, that uh, Team Ninja knows how to do, and that is cut off limbs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more limb cutting offs in that than the uh, prequel trilogy. I am going to have another cool game. To- this year is packed with games that are just like, there are so many good games in 2021 that I'm actually that I've actually forgotten that some of these games like came out this year because it feels like like Pac-Man 99. Somebody reminded me the other day that Pac-Man 99 came out in 2021. It's felt like such a packed year as far as decent games go. Oh, I'm pretty sure you forgot that Resident Evil Village came out this year. I didn't, but but as other things have come out, like it's it's fallen down my list. Like, there's, there's so many good games this year. By the way, speaking of which, there's another game which I'm currently playing, which I completely forgot to talk about, and that is Back for Blood. Which what do you I've think been, so far? It's Left 4 Dead. And um, that tra- that, that uh, boat sequence, um, which is the climax of the first act, still sucks balls, because you should not have a time mission and a maze mission in the same 
in the same in the same level. But it's like putting on a comfortable pair of shoes and saying, "Okay, this is this is Left 4 Dead." And um, there is definitely a live service system going on, but it's the best kind. It's indiscreet; you don't really notice it, you know. And there's not really that much of a hard sell, and I really haven't seen it asking for money. It's just, you know, I'm pretty sure at some point it will, like um, uh, 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 Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare did. But it, it looks brilliant. It looks pretty too. It looks prettier than any Back for Blood game. And one of the things I like is that we're not stuck with those four characters because eventually you can earn more characters who have all their different personalities. I've been going with Mom. And oh, by the way, uh, the characters are no longer just different skins. Now they actually have abilities, slight abilities. It's like a minuscule bump. And I find myself always grabbing a knife so that when you do your pushback, instead of just pushing them back, you kill them. And jacking up my health, and I think I'm going to be going through the, uh, I'm going to be sort of a melee shotgun sort of guy. Just wait in there with my shotgun and just hack them with my, my with my uh, machete. The shotguns in that game are fabulous. <laughs> Sorry, there's a. They're also a little bit too realistic in which you really have to get, all, unless you get the laser si- uh, sighting and all of a sudden they become shotgun sniper rifles, which is <laughs> kind of ridiculous, but at least it, it, it works. Yeah, like, I, I really like the shotguns in that game. Those are the weapons that I gravitated towards the most. If I wasn't using the shotguns, like, the Super 80 is maybe my favorite gun in the game. Uh, I was moving towards the scout rifle because I like doing range and range and high-hitting high, high hitting power. And, you know, speaking of having too much, I've been slacking off on Diablo 2 Re- Resurrected because of all these games coming out. You know, it's sort of like... Yeah, I played Diablo 2, we can wait a bit more, and besides which, for s- the Battle.net server keeps going down, so I can't play online with my friend, which is really hampering my ability to play it. So, yeah, it's been Back for Blood, but here's the thing about Back for Blood. Back for Blood is the sort of game that I'll say to myself, okay, am I ready to spend 8 to 10 hours playing? Because that's what Back for Blood is, you know, it is sort of an MMO sort of thing, in which if you start playing... You better be ready to play a lot, because if you get a good group, you're going to friggin' want to stay with them for as long as possible as you go down the campaign li- uh, list. It's that sort of, you know, when you have that sort of magic with a group and you're just kicking ass and you say, yeah, I don't want to stop playing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um, it looks like like they – I played a lot of the beta, and I've seen the, the main game played – and it looks like there's they. I was kind of wondering how much they were going to add to it. It looks like they added quite a bit, quite a few scenarios to it. Yeah, there's. Um, I don't remember now, but it looks like there's twelve sets of four missions. If I remember, if I'm rem- if I'm using my brain correctly, because um, I have to have which it in a, front of me. Which is a great starting point for that game. Yeah, like, and that means that you'll be able to play it for quite a while. And I think I don't know how the acts are divided, but I know that um, right now in the first the first eight missions are part one and part two of Act One. So, um, but yeah, and then you know there's going to be more levels. So yeah, if they do a live service with this, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> the cards so long are as, intriguing. So long, long as it isn't abusive, I don't care. The cards are intriguing, and I hope they keep adding new cards to the game so people have. Get, get to continue to experiment with play styles. 
And then I hope uh, they I hope they continue to add more like DLC acts to it. The only thing that ruined Left 4 Dead for me was uh, people gaming the system, finding cheats and exploits. And I just want to I don't want to do cheats and exploits. I just want to. Oh, and um, the single player campaign. And you can do that. A solo campaign is pretty good. And um, bots aren't bad. And, uh, you know, and they will adjust to your play style. Like if you're going to rush ahead, they'll say, OK, we're going to rush ahead, too. You know, you don't have to worry about, oh, wait, I'm rushing ahead. And the other three people are just doing something over there. And also, one thing that su- surprised me is that the rollout of special zombies is very slow. Because I know there's a witch-type character in it, and I've not encountered it yet in the single-player campaign. And I've done six missions so far in the single-player campaign. And it's like, they're just rolling out slowly and slowly, and then you'll get hints. You know, oh, by the way, there's this char- this special zombie, and that's a special zombie. And I haven't played the PvP yet, Um I've never really played PvP in Left 4 Dead, so it's not something I'm going to do. But people are enjoying that as well. So anyways. Um, Speaking of big, big franchises, we're going to move on to the gaming flashback. (laughs) And, oh boy, this is is a big franchise. Uh, This week's gaming flashback is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. The Elder Scrolls Skyrim is an open-world action role-playing video game developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Networks, and now owned by Microsoft. Uh, it is the fifth main installment of the Elder Scrolls series, following 2006's The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. And that's a five-year gap, by the way, from 2006 to 2011. And was released uh, worldwide for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, and X- Xbox 360 on November 11th, 2011. And they made sure that they, they clung on to that, that date, and they made sure you remembered that date. 11, 11, 11. Yeah, we get it. I remember that. It was all 11, 11, 11. Yeah. <laughs> Which that was it, the that was the last physical uh, physical uh, you know game computer game I bought, and I, I think I still have the disc somewhere. The game's main story, no one cares about. Really, no one cares about the main game story. It takes place 200 years after the events of Oblivion. But here's the thing. I don't know anybody except the most diehard people who give a shit about the main uh, sequence, uh, mess que- main quests. Basically, this game is where you just go off and do whatever's on the map. And, you gotta and you, go kill a dragon, a time-traveling dragon. No one cares. I care. <laughs> Three down... Skyrim are fucking cool. Yeah, Three down... I mean, this game is built around fighting the dragon, so there are players that would avoid the first mission, so that way you don't have to hunt any dragons. You just go to all these other uh, quests and dungeons, and you have no dragons attacking you at all. Well, here's a let, let me continue. Three drat downloadable content DLC add-ons were separate were released separately: Dawnguard, Hearthfire, and Dragonborn, which were uh, bundled along with the base game into the Elder Scrolls V uh, Skyrim Legendary Edition and released in June 2013. A remastered version titled <laughs> The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Special Edition was released for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in October 26, it, 2016. It includes all the three DLC expansions and a graphical upgrade. Apart from the Nintendo Switch was released on November 2017. A separate VR-only version titled uh, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR was released in November 2017 for the PS4 uh, using PlayStation VR and for Windows-based VR headsets in 20, April 2018. In addition, a special edition is planned for release in the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series SX 
as a compilation entitled the Elder Scrolls Sky, uh, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim Anniversary Edition in this year of November, which hasn't come out yet. So yeah, they've been milking the shit out of this game, well, which is been trying to get on all the platforms, including your refrigerator computer. Hold on, but here's the thing: stop. Do you think when they released it in 2011, they said, you know what, we want to, re- we not only want to release this for the seventh generation console, but the eighth generation console and the ninth generation console? Uh, probably not. Because this I mean, is ten years, and it took them five years to do go from four to five. The thing is that this game has been extremely profitable, and I think the one reason is mods. Uh, this game is the most oh, yeah. modded game of all time. There isn't even there isn't even a, a a competitor for this title. There are so many mods and so many games that they made even more than Minecraft. I, I believe they made it mod friendly somehow. Oh yeah, I thought they were, but like, to... not an editor, but at least you know here are, here are the ways to mod it or something something like because I remember people asking would it be moddable and they're like yes this will be mod friendly um i don't know just to make it easier to to mod the game because i know steam has all the has a bunch of mods on there and of course you can use the nexus nexus mods are no nexus mods there i have to check to see how many (laughs) the skulls five mods there are nexus mods it is something like thirty thousand or something like that it has to be something huge like that there's all sorts of mods there's stuff to enhance your gear there's uh, custom weapons, there's custom quests, there's entire regions that some fans have made that you can go in and play that are like separate from the rest of Skyrim. Okay. There are 66,000 mods on wow. Nexus mods for <laughs> for the Elder Scrolls V. And a lot of them, you know, here's the thing, um, a lot of them are whack-off material, <laughs> if you know what I mean. A lot of them are, are buildings and stuff. And, you know, some of them really make the news, like people remaking Morrowind and, and Oblivion in Skyrim, that sort of yeah. thing. And they've done some incredible shit. Um, they've also done a lot of graphic mods, which make it look incredible, which is probably why, you know, occasionally they come out with a new Skyrim, because people are making the graphics better than the developers are. Yeah, there are well, probably just thousands of mods that are just dedicated to shaders oh yeah uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping that, that uh, with the new engine they'll be able to make the next Sky or next Elder Scrolls uh, that much better um, you know because it's the, the, I don't know people you know complain about the engine but they seem to okay. really get oh. a lot of mileage out of Skyrim here's the know, thing uh, if whatever you do if you go to the Elder Scrolls Nexus mods for five, uh, five and do popular in the last 30 days. Um, yeah, it's like being in Playboy. <laughs> oh, boy. It is just... I still know, like, in... This game, Skyrim is is the opposite of whatever the fuck Ubisoft is doing. <laughs> it's It's... Still chock full of of quests and bloat and all sorts of things. Like you just go off the main path and you trip head first into a quest. Well, that's just but, it. You know, a lot of the but a lot of the, like the side stories and side quests in Skyrim are intriguing. Like to the to your point that you brought up earlier, Jonah. Like 
some of the side quests in that, a lot of the side quests in that game are cooler than the main quest itself. Yeah, that's true. Especially the danger quests that you could just accidentally find. Mm-hmm. Like there's a talking dog that comes up to you and says, hey, can you help me get my axe back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the fourth the the more... Prince of Crazy is like my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves that one. They, it, you know, they, they love getting his wand and then creating a whole bunch of cheese wheels. I remember that. Just the like a mountain of cheese well, wheels. Here's the thing. Skyrim also gave us the, one of the greatest gifts of all, and that is Manslayer's uh, Gamer Poop. Or else we would have never had um, the Skyrim Shuffle, <laughs> which is one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, like this game has been given. This game has been given for so long that my brother, who like never plays good video games, is still playing. Is still playing Skyrim. I know oh. some people are like that. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the the third most popular uh, download on on Nexus Mods for Elder Scrolls uh, Five is the Frost Troll. That's been around forever. It, it was uploaded in November 10th, 2011. It was one of the first mods, and Frost Troll is still one of the most popular mods of all time from Skyrim Five, and it's a 10 year old mod. But yeah, if I was to use uh, Nexus Mods on Skyrim 5, then it would probably be the shaders. But I'm going to say this. Um, Skyrim also killed the Elder Scrolls for me. After after 100%ing Oblivion, I started Skyrim, and I just couldn't finish it. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with Elder Scrolls. I'm done. The problem is that it was too much like Oblivion, except it didn't have the interesting things in which you go inside the Oblivion gates. I just... I don't know what it is. It's just like it was too much. And I am looking forward to, uh, to Elder Scrolls 6 just to see what it's like. But right now, Starfield is not the top of my list right now to, to play that. Because everything that's coming out about that game is making it seem better and better and better. You know? Aside from, at least. aside from the fact that it's sci-fi, it's setting up living cities. It's setting up exploration it's setting up all this stuff, you know. And by the way, one of the things I heard about Star Citizen is that it has, I don't know if it's 30, I think it's 30 um, uh, special solar systems that they're crafting. And it's like, I like that better than Elite Dangerous because while Elite Dangerous is fine, you know, everything's precisely generated. <clears throat> and when you visit planets, you start visiting the same planets over and over and over again. You know, yeah, it has millions of stuff, but they're all the same, you know. So Star Citizen and Starfield, I'm really looking forward to. And who knew that I would be really interested in Star Citizen? Yeah, and uh, that, it's really funny because we've often we've joked a few times on the show about how Star Citizen might very well be like. We're just finding out it's just taking a long time. It's not like that. Yeah, like for the longest time, it sounded like the greatest scam in the in the world of video game crowdfunding, because of just like the the absurd amount of money that they were that uh, people were paying to like have like a cruiser class ship in the game. Here's the thing: I really never thought that because uh, this is Chris Roberts we're talking about, who practically invented the space sim. So, basically, I, I knew that he was. He had all this money. He was going to just 
try and make it the biggest and the best there ever was. You know, it's like we're we're just gonna we're gonna develop, we're gonna develop, we're gonna develop, we're gonna develop, and you know, we're just gonna do hard, hard hardcore development. And you know, you, there's always a trap that, like uh, with Duke Nukem Forever, in which you'll start getting enamored with different engines. You know, oh, we're doing this on the Quake, and oh no, we're gonna do this on the Epic, and uh, the Unreal, and oh no, we're gonna do it on the. Star Citizen at least is coming together, and people who are now playing in the Alpha are like in Dreamland right now, which is ironic because people are really pissed off at Elite Dangerous. And if you go to YouTube right now, you'll see dozens of of YouTubes talking about how Elite Dangerous is dead because they pissed off the they pissed off the core fan base with with Odyssey. And all that stuff. I mean, I don't play Elite Dangerous anymore because I was disappointed that Odyssey wouldn't support VR. And the only reason to play Elite Dangerous would be to play in VR. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why they took... Taking VR out of Elite Dangerous for Odyssey, even if it did let you put your boots on the ground, like it feels like something where you gave up something for something else and it didn't it's like nobody wants to do that nobody wants to lose a feature that they enjoy just so they can play the next uh game in the series and it's not the only thing it's that as a single player who actually was playing in a live universe but here's the thing i was in a live universe i never saw anybody else um Uh, did i get lost hello i didn't get lost okay (laughs) no but the thing is that it started getting boring to me because um, I just, I just, you know, it was like a grind that I, I, it just wasn't doing enough, you know. I in which when Star Citizen started showing that one of their planets was being built from the ground up, you know, and would have all these locations on it, it's like yes, that's what I want. I don't want a universe to explore that's empty. I want some place to explore that's full of something, you know. So there's that. Um, but, I mean, I tried playing No Man's Sky. I'm still like, eh. I'm glad they made it into something, but it's still not my cup of tea. Anyways, we're getting way off topic here. The Elder Scrolls, yeah. Uh, who knows when The Elder Scrolls Six is coming out? Probably... I know a lot of jokes. A lot of jokes have been saying it's going to be uh, twenty uh, something like twenty 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 or no. I mean, um, what was the joke again? Um, it was looking. Oh yeah, ten twenty thirty. <laughs> Things like yeah, that. The joke will be Elder Scrolls Six will come out, and there will be an ability. There will be a special place in the game where you can uh, that you can find. A wizard, some perhaps, and they'll allow you to play a new version of Elder Scrolls V because they'll <laughs> keep porting Elder Scrolls V to everything as long as Elder Scrolls V exists. Dear God, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people make uh, mock-ups for uh, NES and Super NES versions of Skyrim. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, um, he'll be a wizard named Hod Towered, and he'll be like, "I have something amazing to show you, Pilgrim." Have you heard of this magical world called Skyrim? <laughs> it's far to the north. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to game news. Take it away, DJ. Alrighty. Okay. Nintendo Switch developers say they already have 4K dev kits. 
from Polygon. A new Nintendo Switch, a modest upgrade on the original called the Nintendo Switch OLED model, will be released in October, and actually has. It's out now. But it's not the 4K upgrade that many players were expecting. Bloomberg reported Wednesday, however, that developers making Nintendo Switch games were surprised, too. They'd been working on Nintendo Switch developers' kits that support 4K graphics. Reports of reports of an upgraded Nintendo Switch model that supports 4K, 4K graphics have, have been circulating for a while, and I should mention via Bloomberg. <laughs> um, Bloomberg said in May that the hardware launching this October would output in 4K resolution when docked. Nintendo reportedly changed the design due to component shortages stemming from COVID-19 pandemic. According to Bloomberg and Nintendo, uh, according to Bloomberg and Nintendo changed its design, its design only after handing out the 4K capable kits to developers working on new games. On, on Twitter, Nintendo responded to Bloomberg's report, saying the publication falsely claims that the company is providing developers with tools to make 4K Switch games. The company added, we have no plans for any new, any new model other than the Nintendo Switch OLED model, which will come out on October 8th, 2021. And they say, yeah. oh yeah, and by the way, it's coming out October 8th, 2021, get ready to buy it. By the way, um... It sold really well in Japan. Uh, I think 138,000 units. 100,000 yeah. units. But here's the thing. I don't believe Nintendo for a single second. Because we've seen this from Nintendo before. We, we, we produce a, a slight upgrade on our current model, and then we release the thing. And the only reason why they're saying we don't want to, yeah, come buy our OLED model, which is launching soon, because we don't want you to hold out for the next, because uh, here's the thing. Uh, sales of the Switch torpedoed before the release of the OLED because people were holding out from buying the Switch because they knew the OLED was coming out. And that's what would happen to the OLED if they knew that the 4K version was coming out. It had been doing still pretty well. Like, the Switch had gotten to, I think, 74 or maybe 84 million. It's it's a pretty high number. Um, and you're right. The fact of the matter is they're putting out this OLED. Why the fuck would they want – if they were working on a new Switch, why would they want anyone to know they were working on a new Switch with the OLED on the market? Because that would just make people go like, oh, I'll just make, I'll just wait for the next one then. Um, That's that, – I don't know how many people are, are really jonesing for a 4K Switch. Are you? Well – what I was going to say is that this isn't even the first time that Nintendo has handed out 4K dev kits for for companies to make 4K games. They did that with the Wii U as well. The fact of the matter is they often let people make the games in 4K and then they just scale them down. The that and that's kind of what I take issue with with Bloomberg's reporting. It's <sighs> It's a lot of hearsay and a lot of insiders told us and a lot of and a lot I don't know like every time Bloomberg, Bloomberg comes out with 4K news with with Nintendo specifically Nintendo Switch 4K news it's it usually ends up being wrong they they were saying earlier this year that this was going to be the 4K thing, and it wasn't, and uh, everybody was disappointed. And now they're set, and now they've switched the story to 
people are getting 4K dev kits. But yeah, of course people were like that's not, that's not a new thing. Yeah, but you they're going to come out with a 4K. I, I, I they're going to come out with a 4K switch at some point. Topic. They're going to but here's the thing, it's 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 common sense they're going to come out with a 4K version anyway. You know, um everything is quiet. Is everybody still there or am I I'm still here. Hello. But here's the thing. Um of course, uh, but you know what? It's common sense that uh there's going to be a 4K version of the Switch. It's common sense. It's like predicting the sun is going to come up tomorrow. So yes. what? So essentially what Bloomberg is doing is they're going to keep saying, rumor tells us that there's going to be a 4K Switch, and they're going to keep running that story until they're right. But I think they were, but I think they are right that the this the old LED model switch was going to have four was going to be capable of 4K because otherwise there's no really real reason to upgrade to OLED except for battery life and since what does Nintendo care about battery life? I've heard some rumors of my own and that's that uh, they had a deal with Samsung to get uh, panels and so they made the OLED to sell those panels. That's odd. Anyways, let's move on to the next item. Dragon Age 4 is heading to PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC only. And this comes to us from VentureBeat. Dragon Age 4 is coming to the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series XS, and PC, but will not get versions for the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. This news comes from a LinkedIn profile for Dragonhead's lead player designer at Bioware. Moving on to new hardware seems like a natural order for the video game software development, but it's something that many companies are shying away from. Bioware released the uh, most recently released uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition in May, but that collection didn't even get a version native to PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X. Instead, EA and Bioware released it only for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, then used backwards compatibility on the PS5 and Xbox Series XS. Uh, EA is also preparing to launch DICE's Battlefield 2042 as a cross-gen game. That modern military shooter debuts on November 19th, a year after release of the Xbox Series X and PS5, so EA isn't ready to leave last-gen players behind just yet. But at some point, you're going to have to cut the cord because developing for consoles is becoming more and more expensive, and you really can't do multi-platform as much and expect to have that high a uh, uh, quality. TJ? Scott? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I think if there wasn't a semiconductor shortage that was making it really hard to get your hands on the next console, I think it's kind of prolonging the stay of the last generation because because developers recognize that certain people can't – that a lot of people, for that matter, can't get their hands on the new consoles right now. Even then, um, there are – I don't know. There seems to be an extended life for consoles. I mean, I remember when the last Xbox 360 game was well into the lifetime of the Xbox One. Yeah. And I know that Scott is trying to say something, but all I'm getting is a static from his, his mic. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from Scott either. Well, I hear the mic is Mike sending out uh, static, but that's about it. So anyways, Dragon Age 4, I'm looking forward to because um, I remember hearing that this game, the developers started making it without EA's permission. 
they just said, oh, by the way, we're we're halfway through Dragon Age 4, and uh, sucks to be you. If, if, if you don't like it, well, then it's just a lot of time wasted. I mean, somebody ought to make this game, because, like, a lot of the people that were with Bioware when they made Dragon Age are not there anymore. Well, she had that, that cliffhanger of Dragon Age Inquisition, in which um, he points at the map of Deventer and say, we're going to save our friend, or no, we're going to stop our friend, uh, uh, him at any cost. And to be frankly, uh, Solus is one of the most interesting characters that's ever been in Dragon Age, alongside Loghain. Yeah, I, I'm just happy that they're making another Dragon Age, because like, with the director having uh, Chris Avalon, right? Chris Avalon was the oh, David Gator was the writer, and he no longer works with Bioware. Um, Chris, I don't know what in what capacity Chris Avalon was with with Dragon Age, really. I feel like he was a major force behind it. No. Um, either way, a lot of the people that were working on Dragon Age are no longer with Bioware. So I'm happy to know that there's – I'm interested to see how it turns out without a lot of the original hands behind it. But I'm happy to see that the Dragon Age series isn't just completely dead. Yeah, um, he never really worked with Dragon Age. Who am I thinking of then? It was a big deal when some when there was a certain somebody that. Oh, was was it? Was well, it he Mark was, Laidlaw. Yeah, Mark Laidlaw was the one behind Dragon Age. Yeah, there it is. I knew there was a major profile person that left EA and Bioware. Yeah, and so um, a lot of people were wondering. Yeah, Dragon uh, Chris Avalon did mostly Oblivion. Uh, uh, Oblivion. Uh, I'm sorry, Obsidian games. Not right. Bioware. Yeah, Pillars of Eternity. Eternity, Torment. Yep. My bad, I was thinking of Mark Laidlaw. Yeah, Mark Laidlaw and David Gators are basically the heart of Dragon Age. And, you know, um, I hope they go back to the old Dragon Age Origins style because there was too much shit. I mean, for one thing, uh, Dragon Age 2 was reworked to be more like a... a to work to, work on consoles and Dragon Age Inquisition was using Dice Engine and it was just wrecking the game because it was not the right engine to use with it. I hope with Dragon Age 4 they go back to the original engine that it was that uh, Dragon Age was built for. <coughs> Pardon. Yes. I would agree with that. God forbid they uh, do something like try to adapt the Frostbite engine into <laughs> something like this. Because we saw how that turned out with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. We saw how it worked so well with Mass Effect Andromeda that they are that they actually said straight <laughs> up that they're not that they're not going to be using the Frostbite engine for the next next Mass Effect. And we don't even know if there's going to be a next Mass Effect anyway. I mean, well, okay, yeah, there's a there's a Mass Effect four. Um, that's been announced, but I, I trust it coming out as much as I do Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines too. So, DJ, talk about this one. Oh boy, uh, Bloodlines two came close to being canceled completely from PC Gamer. It's been quite a ride for the for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines two, from the excitement of its long overdue announcement in 2019 to the sad flame out 
two years later that led publisher Paradox Interactive to delay the project indefinitely. It was a relief when Paradox announced later this month that development hadn't been canceled outright, but in an interview with Swedish website Avanza, CEO Friedrich Wester said it came awfully close. Bloodlines 2 was being developed by Hardsuit Labs prior to the delay, but was taken off the project in February 2021. After setbacks, including multiple delays and the loss of its narrative leadership, including lead writer Brian Mitsoda, creative director Kai Kai Clooney, Clooney, I'm not say that's right, Kai Clooney, and uh, senior narrative director Cara Ellison. The new developer is still hasn't been revealed, but Wester described it as a very reputable and talented developer that shipped a number of games previously. There's still no sign of a release date for Bloodline Two, Bloodlines Two at this point. Avenza asked about Avenza or Avanza. Either way, Avanza asked about speculation that it could be out in sometime in 2023, but Wester said only that there's still a while left before it will be ready to go. Here's the thing. Um, two things, really. One, how f- how f- much did Hardsuit Labs have to fuck up in order to get that much? Here's the thing. Har- I don't know why Hardsuit Labs was, was, was tabbed to do this game in the first place, because they only made one game. Just one game, Blacklight Retribution, and that's it. They've helped on Killing Floor 2 at several points, but yeah. Um, two, I why did why before we go from why does it make me nervous that Paradox Interactive says a very reputable and talented developer, but doesn't say who it is? Because <laughs> they want it to be a surprise. Once we find out it's Hideo Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> I. Don't know how I'd feel about Hideo Kojima, but I do think that would be a very interesting vampire game. Or maybe Troika Games? Mm, a, re- Vamp- a reformed the Troika? Were, the vampires were the Americans in war all along. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Sexy women. God uh, God forbid it would be... Um, uh, uh, oh, God. What's his name? Uh, head of Gearbox. Uh, Randy Pritchard. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Yeah, so these also said there's only a little while left before it's ready to go. When you, when they said it was going to be coming out in 2023, so it sounds like they didn't ditch the game entirely and just had someone else take what was made and worked with it. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just not. I'm just hoping it isn't Duke Nukem Forever. And, uh, vaporware? No, just really badly made by someone who shouldn't have been working on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took Valve seven years to make Half-Life and another seven years to make Half-Life 2. And no one's complaining about those games. Yeah. Actually, I will complain about the fact that the AI in Half-Life 2 was awful. It's like they did all the work on the physics engine and their AI was just run at you and shoot. Half-Life Alex is pretty good. Yeah, but is that really a Half-Life game? Seriously? Yes. 100% yes. Well, it has the same characters, and it has the same, but I, I, it's sort of like uh, Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin, you know? Is that, is that really a Psychonauts game? Even if all the events that happen in it are actually a day before Psychonauts 2? I don't know. Um, 
but uh, getting back to Bloodlines, you know, I, I still play Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines on occasion. In God mode, of course, because I don't want to deal with a shitty combat. But I just want to go back into that world. Yeah. Like, it's... That's one of the things that people want the most out of this, right? It's like the the dialogue, the story, the narrative, being able to shape the world, being able to take part in the in the society of vampires. Which, like, if they didn't nail that down, if they didn't nail down not just like the the groups and how you and how your powers evolve depending on which group you're with, but also like the interactivity between the groups. Yeah. I don't know, because like, <laughs> would it? It's would it really be a Vampire the Masquerade game if you fucked up either of those elements? I don't know. It's just like. By the way, did you know that Blacklight Retribution was removed from Steam? I didn't. Yeah, it's gone from Steam now. Hmm. So. Anyways, uh, Scott, are you there? Yeah, See, I'm I, here. Yeah. Okay, so next item. Okay. Mobs announced for a fan vote ahead of Minecraft Live. This is from Eurogamer. Ahead of Minecraft Live event uh, at the weekend, Mogang is announcing the potential creatures players can vote for to add to the game. Last year's event saw the introduction of the Glow Squid mob, which fans voted into the game and was added in the version 1.17 in June. The first potential creature to be announced this year is the Glare Mob, an adorable-looking vine monster who will alert players when light levels are low enough to spawn enemies. Enemies like skeletons, zombies, and creatures only spawn in the dark, be it at night or in caves. So the Glare Mob will provide a cute and useful indicator how, by throwing a hissy fit, according to the official blurb, the Glare Mob hates the dark and loves tantrums. Newly added to the vote are the LA and the Copper Golem Mobs. If you give the LA an item, it will give, gather more of the same or similar items. It is also a huge music buff and loves to dance, apparently. The copper golem is, as you expect, made from copper, which means it will be oxidized over time and looks pretty cute. It will also randomly press copper buttons. Voting for the fan favorite mob begins on 16th October via Twitter, with the winning mob added to the game at a later date. And I will be adding a voting for the copper mod because it'll be great aesthetically to have yeah. a copper I, statue. I, I know a lot of people are saying that, and also because copper is basically worthless, useless in Minecraft, doesn't have many uses. So at least you'll have something to use with with, with copper yeah. for. And, and we need more uses. We need more golems, and it'll be great for uh, redstone as well uh, for randomizing button activations. Yeah, and uh, some people were confused at first on the LA does not create items. It just goes out and finds items that are already on the ground. So if you give it, yeah. say, a, uh, a copper uh, block, it'll only find copper blocks that have already been mined and are, are sitting around. It's not going to mine any copper for you. Right. It's, uh, it could be used for item sorting, but we already have hoppers for that. So I, I feel like it would be more useful to go with the copper golem. So... Um, what are you looking forward most to at, at Minecraft Live? What What are the things that you think is going to be announced? Well, they should be showing the uh, the the uh, I forgot what it's called now. It's been a while, but there was a mob in the the dark, the deep dark. We've been waiting to see that get released. 
Um, I'm also hoping that they up, update with the loser biomes from the previous votes that they said that they were going to update with because there were various trees, new trees in those. So I'm hoping to see that uh, in the in the next update. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have these votes, I always feel like, yeah, uh, the losers will eventually appear. They're just not going to appear right away. It's like they'll appear right. a year later or two years later. Because here's the thing. A lot of people want the LA, you know, because it's useful. Because if you use an explosive, hey, just use the LA to pick up all the crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people want the uh, the boss uh Man, it's been oh the boss blaze where it combines and becomes this giant blaze that you fight because there's not enough boss enemies. People feel so they want to see that uh, come to the game. Yeah. Anyways, look for our show notes at gamingpodcast.net along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback. Leave us comments on our blog at gamingpodcast.net. Also, it's up at facebook.com/slash/gamingpodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. You can find me at on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charvin Moore. And hopefully we'll have some nice news next week because basically it was really tough to find news this week. Well, there's also the Animal Crossing Direct happening tomorrow. Uh, we're going to see the new uh, the, the, the roost be added to the game in the museum. So there's, there's a little bit of news. That's another thing to look forward to. Well, if, if it's big enough, we'll talk about it next week. Anyways, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. Yeah, we hear you. VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode six twenty eight, recorded on October fourth. Wait, 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 wait. Are you gonna be doing it with that uh with that voice modulator thing on the whole time? What? It shouldn't be on all the time. You well, sound it's on. really far away, like you're on the other side of the room. You also sound like you still have that, that feminization okay. modulator. You know what? Um Okay, there it is. That's better, yeah. That fixed it. Whatever you Orchester. did. Okay. <laughs> now I want to hear it because I can't hear it myself. The VGRT. <laughs> okay. <clears throat>